Welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. So, welcome. It's, it's always such a joy every week to see you pop in to, to be with you. So, I invite you to take a comfortable seat. I say that every week, but it never gets old to bring this attitude of kindness and spaciousness to yourself without expectation. And yes, we're in separate spaces and in separate countries in some instances, but you can still bring attention to yourself in a way that that allows you to have a real connection with other people here who are doing the same thing. Um, so I wanted to uh, point out, as most of us are aware, that this is a week of holidays. And Passover begins this week, and I, I know we have a rabbi in the house tonight, so, so I won't have to explain it to you. If you have detailed questions, you can ask, you can ask Lisa. So Passover begins, which is uh, a celebration of liberation from slavery, and that can be external slavery from the Egyptians and also internal slavery from all kinds of things that keep us captive. Um, it also celebrates things turning out really well and really dodging the bullet. And it, it's extraordinary to think of how whenever that happens, we tend to think at last, now we're out of the woods. Now we're in alignment with fate or with God or with life. There's a tendency to do that. At last, we're free. We're free from fear. We're free from danger. We're out of the woods. So it's also Palm Sunday in the Christian calendar, which in a way is quite the opposite. And this is the day traditionally, according to the great story, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, an animal of peace, according to some people, as opposed to a horse. Road, and he was celebrated by the crowds who, who shouted, hooray, hosanna, and put palms down before him and coats. And I remember I always kind of liked going to church on Palm Sunday because you got a prop. You got handed a palm. 
that you could wave and kind of whip your brother with. And one year, in fact, I got to hand them out. I had a huge bundle of them. And there were a great many leftovers, so I could take them home and try to make a thatched house out of them with very little success. But I digress. In this story, things turn. The crowd turns pretty fast. And it's like, you know, celebration and hooray and loving this teacher very quickly turns to hate and recrimination. I'm not telling these stories to get away from our practice, but to go towards something deep and true. That I've read, as you probably have too, all kinds of translations of what dukkha is suffering. And they updated calling it stress sometimes, dissatisfaction. But it occurred to me that I don't think I've read anywhere what it really is to me, which is anxiety. Anxiety worry that no matter what's going on there's this little have you noticed this little bit this little current at least of unease of worried anticipation sometimes it's huge and we can't miss it sometimes it just fills us there's fear but even on our best day and there's this little bit of unease, and it's evidenced by, by this clinging to a good outcome. Hooray, now things are going right. And again and again and again, we must learn that the point is not to solve problems, the point of this practice. Isn't it amazing? It's not to get somewhere. It's not to pass the test. It's to discover that there is within us an, an awareness, a, a spaciousness that can, that can embrace what's happening. And God bless you, the person who's sneezing, sneeze coughing. There's something within us that can be with every state that arises, whether it's pleasure or pain. In Buddhism, they call them the eight worldly winds, that pleasure gives way to pain, that fame gives way to disrepute. You're famous and, and the crowd turns on you. That, that success turns to failure and the praise turns so quickly to blame and of course that's very binary we all know that it, there's kind of a, 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 a many stages where success gets kind of old and stale yes you're successful but there's someone new right behind you but the point is that we're constantly seeking security, 
happiness and peace in things that are subject to change. And that fills us with grief, with a sense of loss or a premonition that loss will come, or an, a mad wish to cling or to engineer things or perfect things so that they'll work out just right, or to limit our lives so that we won't risk pain, uncertainty, any of these worldly winds. And what we're here to discover together is that there is something in us besides this organism, besides this story, besides how things are going in any given moment. And I wanted to read this brief quote from Anne Frank whom nobody could accuse of having an easy life. And she wrote in, in her journal, in the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. What a devastatingly unexpected thing for someone in her position to say, except, it, she discovered something extraordinary. She discovered what we sit together to go towards and to touch in moments. That we're not just what happens to us. We're not just whatever success or failure or fame or blame or whatever seems to be our reality at the moment. We're also something else. We're also an awareness that can be with everything that arises, everything. So we're here, in a sense, to switch our allegiance from an external result to an internal freedom. Freedom from being enslaved by samsara, as the Buddhist would call it, completely determined by our conditions. And the suggestion is not like, you know, oh, I should have done better. I could do better. I will do better. And, you know, Palm Sunday in, in that tradition is like a big festival of regret. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Great mistakes. Things were overlooked. Great big character flaws were revealed. <laughs> and how can we do better? The point is, we in, are, are conditioned. This is what the Buddha taught. We are subject to conditioning. If we could have done better, we would have done better. But we are intricately conditioned. 
to react to causes and stimuli in a particular way. But our freedom, our freedom consists in our ability to see this, to meet this with kindness and spaciousness. Looking back, I did this because, or not even give it a story, to hold it in compassionate awareness. And this is how we change the past. This is how we heal. This is how we open. This is the thing they call awakening. It's a capacity to meet what arises inside and outside with an awareness that the Buddhists call the deathless, something vast and open and inherently compassionate so that you can see that you're the hectoring crowd you can see that you're fickle. You can see that you're afraid. And you can also see that you're something more. Something unknowable, but something that can be experienced in this moment. So let's sit, let's sit together for, for 20 minutes. And we're in our spaces, but we're together in our wish. And it's a wish that doesn't even have to have words. A wish to be present. To be more here, more open. So we take a comfortable seat. And we let our backs be straight. As straight as we can have them. Some people have injuries or lying on the floor, that's fine. And let your eyes close. Unless you're driving. <laughs> Please don't. Just bring the attention to the body. And just notice what's here today. And notice that if tension's present or, or fatigue or pain or the little edge of anxiety or joy, whatever is here, let it be met by an attention that's kind. Doesn't judge, doesn't comment. And notice how it feels just to let yourself be still. 
still in the sense of not striving. Letting everything be just like this. And notice that you can let everything happen to you exactly as it's happening without banishing anything or, or correcting anything. Just let things happen, thinking, sensing, perceptions. All the feelings and complexes or whatever is coming up, let it come. And notice that you can bring attention back to the sensation of being in a body. And notice that without striving, there is a light of attention present. That sees, that receives everything that arises. It's spacious like the sky. Just rest in stillness, in an attention that's kind and gentle, meaning it touches everything that arises lightly, without pushing or clinging.
when you find yourself taken by thinking, by a memory, by feelings, just notice that this is completely natural, like weather, and gently come back again to presence, to the sensation of sitting here in a body, breathing, sensing. Notice how it feels to remember sati, the word for mindfulness means to remember the present moment, to come back to the body, to sensation, to an awareness that sees receives. Notice how it feels to remember that this presence is inside you and also shared. Shared with other people here. And notice when you make this movement of return to the present moment, to the sensation 
of being present, you also open. You remember that you're part of life. Open. Open to breath to forces that support and nourish you. Just rest in stillness, in presence. Noticing how it feels to allow yourself to be seen just like this. how it feels to let everything be all right, even if it's not all right. Just rest in openness, in presence.
in kind awareness. Let yourself notice how alive stillness is. There is a vibrancy inside you that's quicker than thought. and aliveness. That gives and receives breath, impressions, perceptions, sensations. And notice that you can begin again at any moment and be completely welcome. Welcome by an awareness that sees with kindness, with care and curiosity. with great spaciousness.
just rest in awareness. Noticing how it feels to be met by compassion. by an awareness that cares. That sees you just like this. Rejecting nothing. Thank you for your practice, for your attention, and your beautiful intention. And this is a time when we can share comments, observations, questions about our practice. Let's keep it to practice. And it would be wonderful to hear your voices and also to the rest of us to notice that listening to is a practice. And that if someone says something you disagree with or react to in some ways, including myself, notice that you can just bring the attention to that reaction with kindness, with interest. awareness. But please feel free to speak. You don't have to raise your hand. Just feel free to speak. So, let's sorry, take... Tracy. I'm hi. Sorry, hi, hi everybody. I I was going to save this for later, but 
because no one's speaking, I'll jump in now. Uh, my name is Ellen. Um, uh, Tracy's Friday in-person sittings are held at my house in Terrytown. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty uncomfortable about what I'm about to say, so I'm going to read it. And I really hope people don't decide they're not going to come to the Friday sittings because they don't want to, they don't want to have to be in my house after what I say. So I want to say a few things about Donna, um, because a few weeks ago, I glanced in the Donna bowl that I leave out at the sittings, and I was surprised that there was very little money in it. And I, I called Tracy to ask her about it. And I learned that she lives from the money that people give during these sittings. And because uh, apparently Parabola pays only a very small amount of money. Um, I think I actually thought that the bowl was sort of like the basket that they pass around in church or at AA. And it's not. Um, I asked Tracy, I'm sorry, Tracy, to be, but I, I asked her, <laughs> I, I asked Tracy point blank how generous the Donna was. And I, I do you want to say something? I do. I do. Okay. I just, um, cause, um, I do. I so appreciate your love and care in in making the Donna talk. And I, for people who don't know, I just want to explain that Donna, the word Donna means generosity. And that, um, and I'm not cutting you off, Helen. I'm no, just, no. That, that we practice, um, I guess maybe um, like to just um, focus on the practice of generosity being part of what we do together. Um, uh, uh, that the Buddha, and I mean, you can go back to that. I just wanted to kind of fast forward over my um, particulars to, um, to the fact that what we're actually doing together is co-creating um, a sangha. And uh, part of that is opening to ourselves. And part of that is supporting the teachers and the space. So, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Please, no. And do you feel like I should stop? Because I'm happy to just let it go at that. Would that be better for you? Um, no, but just to, um, I would just say um, to, um, Please keep going, but um, just I, it's it's um, a wonderful practice what you're doing, and I just want to underscore that what Ellen's doing is an incredible practice of generosity. She's expressing care for me and for the sangha, so that's okay. Okay, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, I was doing some reading about Donna, and I learned that giving Donna to a spiritual teacher, especially one who doesn't actually charge for the teachings, has the effect of transforming the mind of the giver. I'm just quoting, transforming the mind of the giver and deepening their practice. And I read that we are all tasked with trying to keep the idea of giving Donna and radical generosity alive. And traditionally, students do give both for their own development and, and for the teacher's survival. But apparently in the West, 
uh, people, including me, this, uh, I was learning about this in the last couple of weeks because I didn't realize, like I said, I thought it was just, you know, a basket of, um, and we don't learn about Donna and many great teachers are having trouble surviving without it. And I get the sense, Tracy, that you'd like me to stop. So I will, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll go on another day. Well, I just want to express my appreciation to you, Alan. I do. So, um, and it's an important thing to bring up and it's a difficult thing to bring up and sometimes even to hear. But what we're engaged in together, I would just build on. I was thinking about this because the other night, and I was just kind of overcome, not so much with embarrassment, but also humility, because Ellen gave such a beautiful Donna talk at her house, and it was so heartfelt to realize that I was thinking today that it's really kind of miraculous that two years ago we came together as a sangha in the space in the face of a global pandemic as something to do to help and we've become a real sangha and what Ellen was offering and I was it was almost like too much love and um, and so heartfelt it is like the wish that we continue in this way where instead of um, like a yoga class or other spaces where there's a fee, instead of transaction, there's trust. Instead of um, commerce, there's community. And so, and Ellen was really, we had a heart to heart. And it is sometimes, and there are other Dharma teachers in the space who can attest to this. It's difficult to keep going with the Donna model, but it's also important so that everybody who comes can be included. Everybody. Everybody. And that everybody can feel like they have space here. But also that people realize that their practice isn't just their sitting on the cushion, but also it impact like it impacts like and it does impact me and Ellen was um, very brave and very right to mention that that it does uh, it does matter and make a difference in a very material way in my life. But it's also a way that we come together as a group. And so I just want to um, bow to you, Ellen, for your beautiful heart and your courage and in bringing this. And, and uh, I thank you. Um, I'll say very, very briefly, thank you, Ellen, for that, for bringing that up. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Buddhist centers, and the way I've always understood it is that um, you consider a couple of factors. One is what your 
financial situation is and also how the teachings are affecting you or changing your life. It's just a couple of things to think about when considering how much to give. Question. Uh, when I first joined, this is my first session, I was looking to where to donate and all I saw was PayPal. And I'm not familiar with PayPal. And we're not present, so it's not like there's a hat for me to put something in. So yeah. any other way? Otherwise, I'm going to ask my children to donate for me. Yeah, well, thank you. And and we also, um, there's a link um, that has um, different options, or if you go on tracycochran.org. But I want to also make the point, oh, there's a link right there, um, that, you know, it's not like, the, of course, there is an impulse in me, inside me, like everybody in this culture, like, let's stop talking about money. Like, you know, this contraction of embarrassment and let's just move on. Um, or Ellen will talk about ty the tires or, you know, um, that, um, that we're afraid to be vulnerable. Just moving it back to all of our practice. We're, we're afraid to be vulnerable, to um, be exposed. And um, whatever is going on in your life, um, will this be exposed? And it will, if it's not money, it's loneliness or some problem. It feels like a problem for you. And that this is a space where we are invited, including me, to be vulnerable to let ourselves be seen, first and foremost by ourselves, by this attention that, that sees without judgment. And to see that impulse in us constantly to cover ourselves. I don't want to be seen as someone who, and you fill in the blank. What's your who? Someone who, who needs money or someone who is lonely or someone who hates their job or someone who feels like they just made a mistake. And what would it be like if we could be transparently present? And so Alan brought up something that almost never gets talked about. I mean, Beach, who also teaches mindfulness, and Douglas and others, it's always, um, it's always alive. Can we create a sacred space? based on 
generosity based on giving in the West. Can we do it? Is it, is it possible? Or to put it another way, um, what is my practice? Is it just coming here and sitting? Or is it a way of examining every aspect of my life? How am I? How do I treat people? How do I value this or that? How do my choices reveal something about me and what I do value? And notice that um, it's it's not a practice that like there's no demand or admonishment, but just to see. If I'm frightened, if I'm afraid to give, why? Or just see that, not even like burrow into it and and um you know, analyze it, but fear is rising or anger is rising or some contraction is present. Or the opposite. How does it feel to give? Um, Wayne had asked for that Anne Frank quote, which is, in the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. Bring this kind and gentle awareness to yourself, moment by moment by moment, no matter what's coming up inside you.
So if, if people are feeling quiet tonight, we can have time for metta, um, metta practice, which uh, always starts with ourselves. And we take a comfortable seat. Just really notice how it feels to be completely comfortable with yourself, with everything that came up, everything that's coming up. And bringing the attention back to your state. Just notice what's here and notice most of all that there's an awareness present that's not the same thing as thinking. It's like an ambient light. A presence that sees. And that it can touch everything that comes up with compassion, with curiosity, with care. And we let ourselves feel grateful for this practice and this awareness. Put two hands in our heart space if we wish, as people have done for thousands of years. And offer ourselves wish, wishes, may I be safe and protected from harm and danger. May I be as well as I can be given my causes and conditions. May I find refuge and the resources I need. And may I be free in all ways, inner and outer. And we notice that this this energy of wishing well doesn't stop with our own skin. It shines out to include the people here. Keeping ourselves in the center of the space, we say, may we all be safe from harm and danger. May we all be as well as we can be. May we live with ease of well-being. May we be free. And then we let this energy, this wishing well, go out farther and farther. No limits, we don't pull it back. Just let it shine. Keeping ourselves at the center 
great circle. We offer the wishes to all beings. May we all be safe and protected from harm and danger. May we all be as well as we can be in body and mind, free from delusion and greed and fear and illnesses and imbalances of all kinds. May we all be at ease in our lives, no matter what is happening. And may we all be free, ultimately free from all suffering, inner and outer. beautiful practice and for showing up here and I look forward to seeing you thank next you thank you thank you thank you everyone thank you thank you bye 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 bye